And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. It has been a minute, but we are still here. Of course, I am still here. It's amazing. I am Chris Welsh, joined by Jake Seeley and Brandon Funson of The Athletic, and there's no better time. And I am excited as well to be talking about fantasy football with both of these beautiful faces that I have not seen in so long. They have only been dot, dot, dot text messages to me for quite some time. I miss you both. Mr. Jake Seeley, the wall is as beautiful as it's ever been. You're a married man and life has completely changed since football went away from us only months ago, my friend. That is actually, that's very true. I forgot the last time we've done this. I wasn't a married man. There's actually no married stuff behind, well, somewhere, I don't know, over there. It, uh, I don't. People can't see anyway. I don't even know why I'm pointing to stuff. <laughs> Watch the other podcast. We're gonna get video going. I We're gonna get video to get the video going. This it's year. just so everybody knows what the hell you're talking about behind me. I actually think I need to redo the wall. It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, so, okay. Yeah. I think I might have to do what, that for the new season. Just like new what's married the big man, change? What's the big uh, change? Do we take off the Funkos? No, no, no. Oh, to the wall? No, I would get rid of some of them. I probably need to go online and sell some of the ones that are buried in there that you don't ever see anymore. But no, the one thing from the wedding is the song that we had that... So, long story short, I grew up... There's a band called Safety Suit. They kind of broke up. They're not together anymore. Um, I think they, quote-unquote, retired, I guess. But I grew up in New Jersey with the lead singer of Safety Suit, and I messaged him about the fact that that was our song, and I asked him if he would play it at the wedding. He's legally not allowed to anymore, so he sent us the signed little laminated lyrics sheet thing that we had at the he wedding. He can't play the song? Not because he's you, he can only play it as the group. So like once the, it's it's not even on mm. him. It's like because companies own like whatever his record label was, he l- legally can't go perform safety suit songs by himself. Just in case some record labels guys like, hey, I'm going to walk into this wedding and just see what's going Jason. on. Hey, you guys are playing that song. You can't do that. <laughs> well, I guess it's a good thing because I live streamed my, my wedding. So like, I guess... He could have been in a lot of trouble. (laughs) That is very true. Brandon, can you believe Jake is a married man? How have you been? I I know I I I lost I lost my wager on that one. But uh, no, I (laughs) (laughs) no, of course I can't. Of course I can't. There's somebody for everybody out there. So um, yeah, how you doing, man? We're doing good. We're doing good. We we do all the pleasantries. Hey, how we doing? But uh, we're doing great because we're back here talking about uh, the fantasy football season, which is like. As much as it doesn't feel like it, it is around the corner. We are in the season. As a baseball person, you know, that that uh, was a Memorial Day weekend right in there kind of starts to signify the turn of when we're focusing. Right now, I think a lot of people, it's kind of best ball season, but getting familiarized with ranks and tiers of players, this is a great time to do it. There actually is a great customizable projection sheet on The Athletic via, vis-a-vis, our boy uh, Jake Sealy, which you guys can check out, and you guys can get a subscription by going over to the Athletic. So go and do that today and pick it up. A couple bucks, you'll be rocking, and you can get those customizable uh, projections, and that might start helping you get going. And that is actually where we are going with this today. 
in a simplified conversation around positions and tiers, because I do think it is important and it's sometimes jarring when the new season comes in, if you haven't been locked to fantasy football and fantasy football Twitter and everything that's going on, you just might not have the familiarity of like, oh, hey, by the way, this player is now this guy. And it is insane to think that he's not over here or ranked here. or This guy is no longer here. That's what we're going to go through. We're going to go through some positional stuff here and just get familiarized. And maybe Brandon, Jake, you guys will have some thoughts on some uh, relative insanity at the position. So let's just jump right into it. And let's jump at quarterback here, where when you're looking at expert consensus ranks so far, which are still, you know, ways to go before they really get signified, that top tier quarterback is still relatively the same names as last year. Maybe Sands, Lamar Jackson. It just looks like there's a flip where you have Mahomes, Allen, and Jalen Hurts into that top tier. Jake, is that agreement that that is the top tier of quarterback for this year? Or do you think there is a name or two that has to be put in there? Well, I don't think anybody has to be put in there. I think it's very clear of the Hurts, Mahomes, Allen, whatever mix you want, uh, that would be the order I would go in. But I think there's not only just a very clear one tier, there's a very clear two tier, in my opinion. I think it's two sets of three, and then let's have a conversation about everybody else this year, which has led itself to the conversation of this is about the time we started this conversation on this very show last year, too, is start thinking about taking quarterbacks early. You can get back to, you know, nobody's taken in the first or second round, but mid-late round three? I mean, the conversation's now plausible for having your best team, possibly. It's a really good point. I I believe, and this hasn't come out or anything, but um, I believe we all took part in the athletic mock that's going to be in, I think, the magazine, right? Mm -hmm. And I want to say... That quarterbacks win a little bit earlier there. I could be wrong about that. Oh I've no, you're right because mocks. I was I was on the turn and I was going to take one of the big three if they fell to the end of the third round and none of them did. They all went before yeah. the end of the third, which was crazy. But it, it's crazy in perception, but it's not crazy in application, Brandon. Like that is what that is the thing that we're getting into is owning the tiers of quarterbacks is becoming more valuable. Even though, hey, are there cool names? towards the bottom. Sure. There's guys that get get by and there's a definite community of streaming quarterback people out there in leagues that you can do that, but just owning those top tiers value has been up there. And we saw that in that mock Brandon. Yeah. And we are by nature in this game, a, what have you done for me lately? You know, and for years and years it's been, there's been a back end deep uh, class of like back end QB one where the QB one, end of the class doesn't end till like sometimes 16, 17, 18 quarterbacks deep. Uh, but we started to see last year the dependable week in and week out guys and the guys that put up huge rushing numbers. Uh, there was just a suddenly there's there's a class system that started to break up the QB one class a lot more, uh, you know, defined than we've seen in the past. And you know, people don't forget what happened last year. They might forget what happened two, three years ago, but what is most recent is most relevant in most people's minds. And who knows? We could see it shuffle in a different way this year, but as things set up right now, I understand it. And, like, there's, there's safety and, you know, assuredness in the Mahomes, Allen, and Jalen Hurts at the top of the class. Jake, you talked about the defined second tier When you look at consensus ranks, Lamar Jackson comes in at number four. Joe Burrow comes in at number five. One of the most interesting ones is Justin Fields, though. Fields has taken the Jalen Hurts school of development as far as fantasy goes. And where Jalen Hurts kind of was last year, I want to say like around five, if I remember correctly, Fields is sitting there. Is Fields 
for you that second tier that defines second tier, or did he not make that jump? Because he is he is the ECR six of consensus rank so far. Yeah, uh, he's in second tier definitively because I would take him before I take Joe Burrow. Uh, because I'm going for what I potentially could see here is who's got the higher ceiling. Like we know Joe Burrow, but where does Joe Burrow get to one, two, or three? Uh, he's going to be at throw 45 touchdowns because. It's not going to be in the rushing game. He doesn't have, you know, Jalen Hurst or Josh Allen on the rushing side to add to his numbers. Uh, even Patrick Mahomes is a spit there, but, you know, Patrick Mahomes is throwing 40-plus touchdowns. He has to do that. And I'm not saying Joe Burrow can't, but it's more likely if you're placing odds, if, you know, the percentage of the chance this happens, percentage of the chance this happens. Justin Fields just needs to be a little bit better of a passer. And he, like you said, he is on the Jalen Hurts trajectory. And I think a lot of people are going to make that connection for stylistic yeah. similar similarities. But the biggest fact here is let's just throw out like whether Justin Fields is the same passer or not. And, you know, you can argue that up and down that they're not. And I have no problem with that because there are fields there. There's issues he needs to fix. But the upside we know with the rushing is that what the Eagles did for Hurts, what the Bills did for Allen a few years ago is they got Justin Field weapons and they got Justin Field weapons who can open up the offense and give them options to get the ball out quicker. Guys who know how to get it in space, DJ Moore. They Cole Komet's now entering his third year and you got more development. But are those from enough him. weapons? Are those eno- those weapons enough? Your your top two are Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool. Yes, those are enough weapons that you've now oh given him multitude of options to go. Oh, I said multitude. Like, you know, the depth chart isn't what some of those teams are out there, but it's significantly better than it. If everybody's going to sit here and make arguments that the Giants gave Daniel Jones more weapons, they don't have DJ Moore. You could say Darren Waller maybe, but even Darren Waller at his best, not quite DJ Moore. On paper, this team is significantly better, and he has pass-catching options out of the backfield, which I know isn't his bread and butter, but there's a lot here for Justin Fields to take the next step. Does he finish number one like Jalen Hurts? I don't think so, but I would take him before I take Joe Burrow because of the upside. So, Brandon, let's... Yeah, go, sorry, go ahead. Well, yeah, I just wanted to jump in on that. First thing, first thing that should be heartening is the Bears could have Bryce Young right now, and they chose Justin Fields. We know that they are all in on him. I think, you know, DJ Moore is coming in to help Justin Fields. Unfortunately, it's the reverse for DJ Moore. Like, he goes down in this system, and, and Justin Fields is a massive work in progress as a passer. I was just looking yeah. at the numbers. Expected completion percentage versus actual completion percentage among qualified starters last year. He had the worst differential uh, you know, his expected completion percentage was over 65%, and he barely completed 60% of his passes. So that's a work in progress, but Lamar Jackson's been a work in progress in his NFL career. Jalen Hurts as a passer, the same, but they all got better, and they all have that, you know, that foundational rushing huge upside. So any kind of improvement, and I, I agree with Jake, there's, a, there's enough added weapons there that you have to believe in improvement plus the experience that's under his belt now as well. You have to believe in improvement as a passer. The rushing numbers, that's that's still going to be a, a huge part of this offense. So I think, yeah, it's it's hard. It's, he's kind of a hard-to-fail quarterback for fantasy. So, like, out of the, the those two tiers, assuming that second tier is probably like Lamar Jackson, Burrow, and Fields, yeah. you've got this next tier that probably starts with, like, Herbert and Lawrence. Uh, Prescott, Watson are in there. Tua... Daniel Jones is a guy that's made a big move. We can obviously talk about these guys as we end up quarterbacks here. The one thing I think that's interesting, though, the guy that doesn't make at least consensus top 12 is Aaron Rodgers. Now, there's plenty of reasons to not be excited about Aaron Rodgers, except you've got Aaron Rodgers with a pass-catching option who is a wide receiver one. 
You have a running back who is uh, an, an RB1. You've got weapons there, more weapons with a better D. I just wonder, is Aaron Rodgers maybe one of those later quarterbacks that is getting a little bit undervalued due to age and where he performed last year? Jake, I don't know if you have any feelings uh, positively or negatively on him. I just, when I see him at like 14, I tend to think maybe that's a little bit lower than what some of the weapons provide, even though he's an older quarterback. Yeah, the, the two years prior to last year is over 21 points per game, over 20 points per game. And even if you just take two years ago, that sandwiches in between Burrow and Fields last year if he did that at five. Uh, that's actually why I have Rodgers in this tier now. He's in this tier because there's some floors to an injury. Daniel Jones falls apart and does not. I mean, even if Daniel Jones is just what he was in the passing game last year and doesn't run for 707 touchdowns, he's not going to finish as a top 12 quarterback. Geno Smith is in this tier for me. Does he replicate last year, or was that a one-year flash-in-the-pan situation? So I have him in this group because there's the Herbert and Lawrences, which are safer, but you know they don't have the ceiling, in my opinion, to finish as top three. Uh, they'll probably be top five, six conversation. But then you have some floor guys with risk. Deshaun Watson, you brought up big risk there. But I think Aaron Rodgers deserves to be in this tier. I at least have him here. I actually have him right in line with Daniel Jones and Geno Smith because I think you go from the weapons he had. Christian Watson was his arguably best receiver as a rookie, even though he has that connection with Alan Lazard. But that connection with Alan Lazard is coming with him to the Jets to be the number two behind Garrett Wilson. They didn't get rid of Corey Davis. You move everybody down the line, which is the argument would go back to the Bears. You're basically taking guys who are miscast as one and twos, and I believe Garrett Wilson is a one. But with the Jets, you have guys that were fighting to be relevant as a two that now get kicked down to three, four, and five. And you just have weapons galore for Rodgers. If there's anything left, if he's going to have a Tom Brady-like resurgence where late in the career it's 4,500 yards and 40 touchdowns, the Jets give him a much better chance than what he had around him with the Packers. Yeah, it's a great point. And it's one of those things where it's like all the weapons might take the little ding, but the one player that doesn't is Rodgers, you know, because he just has all of those options to go to. Let's go over to running backs here and move over uh, what that's looking like positionally because there is a tier one and there's definitely a brand new name because tier one, as far as consensus ranks, you've got McCaffrey at the top. And I don't think that's consensus with a lot of people. I've seen some mocks where people don't want to take McCaffrey one. Eckler still sitting in there regardless of wanting uh, to be traded. And then Bijan Robinson, Mr. Brandon Funston. That is what tier one looks like. We are back into the world of from Saquon to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, whichever area you want to go with rookie running backs. I am so excited to get Jake. Jake, everybody has moved away from the mic and sat back in his chair. So Brandon, you kick us off with Bijan Robinson as a top three RB, and then we'll get to Jake. Uh, I mean, I I think excluding guys like Jonathan Taylor and Saquon Barkley from this group would be wrong. I don't think you can just stamp Bijan Robinson ahead of those guys. But, you know, he's got the talent. He's got the system. They talk about moving him all over the place. You think about Saquon Barkley as a rookie. I think he had 70 catches and 700 receiving yards, and that's literally within Bijan Robinson's capabilities. So, and, and you look back to last year, Brees Hall, where was he going to, the way he was trending, where was he going to end up finishing? He was going to end up finishing probably top five, maybe even top three. The way he was going right before he got hurt was he was just piling up fans. So I never have a problem with, with like getting really bullish on a, what everybody agrees is like, you know, a, a once every 
several years kind of talent. Yeah, genera- they say like position. generational type of talent is what gets thrown. Yeah, on. I get. I mean, generational is a, is a pretty long time. But I mean, he's up there with. All, I mean, people love this guy, and to be drafted as high as he was in this day and age speaks a lot to that. So they're not going to waste that draft capital by by not using him. This is the NFL where you use running backs early and you get rid of them, you know, around their second contract. So. I don't. I don't think the workload's going to be a problem. He's going to be massive in the passing game. I just think you know, you're excluding a couple of really good running backs in that group. But I think he belongs in the discussion for sure. Uh, consensus ranks fourth overall of all players uh, on the consensus ranks. Bijan is uh, the only non-running back ahead, Justin Jefferson. So that is quite a tall task, Jake. So what do you say about Bijan as a top three RB and top four overall player? So I'll start positively uh, because I'll play. I'll play devil's advocate with myself because look at this married man. Look at this guy. He is a change per. You're a completely <laughs> different person. Uh, well, because I'll point out the pl- the positives and the pluses that Funston was just saying, and because I even did it during the draft recap at the weekend when it was happening. The positives are he is a generational talent. The ge- the positives are he is going to be playing for Arthur Smith, who is going to run the ball eight billion times. Like he and Marth- Mike McCarthy are made in the same mold. Like they'll win games by running the ball 40 times and only getting 80 yards out of it. But the downside and why I hate this spot is because of something I say yearly is don't buy all the risk. And I know it's hard in the first round, like especially if you have the first pick, like you're, you're buying all the risk because you have nowhere to go down, but equitable return. The problem with B. John Robinson is as much as I'm a Desmond Ritter apologist, I like Ritter. I, I sat here this offseason and saying, no, the Falcons aren't draft. I was the one going, the Falcons aren't drafting the quarterback. They're going to give Ritter a chance. And everybody, ah, you're stupid. Ritter sucks. And like we saw four games and we saw some positive signs from him in four games with only Drake London and no Kyle Pitts. But I say that to say Desmond Ritter, where I disagree with what one thing that Faustin says specifically is I don't know Bijan Robinson is going to get a ton in the passing game because Desmond Ritter is not a huge check down option as a quarterback. The Falcons offense does still have Cordero Patterson. Uh, Tyler Algier, I'm not that worried about. He's the third man sprinkled in here or there. Uh, but what it comes down to is how many plays do the Falcons run? How many pass plays does Arthur Smith let the Falcons run? Where I say this to only say is what my first argument against B. John Robinson was this. If he's Nick Chubb, we're celebrating. Nick Chubb, 30, 40 receptions. If we if he's Nick Chubb, we're like, damn, that's a really good rookie performance. That's a top five rookie performance. He, he has to be Nick Chubb, though. So I'll take the guy I know who just got rid of Kareem Hunt in an offense that we're assuming is going to be better with Deshaun Watson getting more rush shaken off. Even if it's exactly the same, it's still Nick Chubb, who we've known. They didn't do anything to that backfield. They have Jerome Ford behind them. I'll take Nick Chubb. And I only bring that up to say, I think he deserves to be in the next tier. I, I have a giant tier. It starts with Jonathan Taylor. It ends with Ramondre Stevenson. It's eight guys, but there's no way on earth I'm putting him with Eckler and Christian McCaffrey. He does not deserve to be in that tier. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Just really quickly, I would say the one thing I will say about Desmond Ritter not being a checkdown guy is if if you're taking Bijan at number eight overall, and he's one of the best receiving running backs to come into the draft in a long time, and you can't utilize that talent, then that's a wasted draft pick. And I think you, the impetus is going to be on Atlanta to make sure that they are able to get Desmond Ritter in checkdown. If not, you know, maybe at some point it's Taylor Heineke, and, we, and he can do that, you know. And so, like, it's I, I don't think that they are going to mostly ignore that skill because Desmond Ritter hasn't been a guy that's shown – he's been a great check Con- conceptually i like it out. i like that idea that like he isn't that guy but you brought one of the best players you feasibly could to turn him into that guy that is maturation I mean, of otherwise position. why don't you just take zach charbonneau you know later yeah and who's well, a good receiving back as well I but, like, i'm just but, saying yeah. no, no and it's yeah. not because he can't it's just you don't need him to either like you don't need you, for, for b john robinson this offense to work you don't need b john robinson to catch the ball 60 times like you still have Drake London and Kyle Pitts and Cordell Patterson. Like I, I think for fantasy purposes, let's be clear, Cordell Patterson's been written off from relevancy. He had three double-digit scores after he got hurt last year. Uh, Nando wanted me to include him in the breakout quarterbacks, which include Desmond Ritter, and I'm like, no, he's irrelevant. He's irrelevant to the conversation. Um, and we joked about it last night. But I say to say, like, I don't hate B. John Robinson. I hate taking him as the third running back. I'd still take Nick Chubb for comparison's sake. Like, again, I go back to Nick Chubb. 30 receptions. Nick Chubb. Look at the yards, the rushing side of it. Like, just take the receiving game out. By, by the way, I, I agree. I think Nick Chubb, I mean, uh, God, if I'm middle first round, late first round, and he falls to me, I am all With Hunt out of pick. town, he it. has become yeah. so much more palatable, 100%. Right, yeah. And, and really so let, let just, I'll finish by saying this. And so the thing I'll go is let's specify only. Let, let's say I'm wrong, and B. John Robinson does do better. He catches 50 balls. Let's say he has... A Saquon Barkley 2022 season, 50-something for whatever it was, 350 yards, something like that. The rushing side, Nick Chubb just ran for 1,500 yards and 12 touchdowns. Just rushing alone, if Bijan Robinson got that, that that's, actually, that's damn impressive for a rookie on the Falcons. Then the Falcons have a decent offensive line, but 1,512 rushing touchdowns on the Falcons? I think a lot of people, if you gave them that line in Vegas today— Vegas isn't even putting that out there. Vegas isn't putting 1,512. That, that over-under is a massive, and that's why I bring up Nick Chubb for this whole conversation. And by the way, I didn't specify it beforehand, but um, anyone new listening, you kind of know, we always talk in half PPR. We're talking in half PPR now, just in case. Just wanted everyone to know that when we're talking about ranks and stuff like that, valuations are usually standard. Our default is half PPR, just in case um, you know, you're looking somewhere and you know, full PPR, a guy, Bijan is even ranked higher or something like that. It's crazy. Uh, you talked about that huge second tier. There's a big second tier. Saquon, Taylor, Chubb, you got Jacobs, Henry, Pollard. And in your case, Jake, you might've brought up Ramondre. What I'm curious about in that big second tier of players, because I think you probably could get people that maybe make arguments as well. Like you made the argument of Stevenson's in there. Now that I'm looking, like maybe no one else you really throw in there. Who do you feel uncomfortable with 
Jake, who, who give me? I want to get both of you guys in that second tier of players. It is a big chunk. I feel like when I say that, I'm honing it into maybe Pollard, maybe Stevenson, mm-hmm. maybe Jacobs. The rest, uh, maybe I'm giving a pass to Derrick Henry. Is there someone you feel a little bit uncomfortable with in the second tier of running backs? Of all the second tier running backs, the one that I probably so I'll fire through them. You mentioned Taylor, Barkley, Jacobs, Pollard, Chubb, Robinson, Harris, Henry, Stevenson. Uh, even including Najee Harris, the one I'm most com- uncomfortable about is Tony Pollard. Like, we're all sitting here today. Like, we know what Tony Pollard's done without Zeke and even sharing yeah. the backfield with Zeke. But there's two factors at play here. It's the we're assuming a share without Zeke means he gets the bell cow work. And it's not just they like him to touch the ball that many times. The Lamar Miller argument I made for years is that, like, maybe they like him and maybe he's best in that role. But we're just assuming he's going to be 100%. Like, no Shit, like no injury concern like whatsoever today. Like everybody's talking about Brees Hall, which, you know, we already brought up. Funston brought him up earlier. And the concerns about Javante Williams and everybody's just like, but, but, but Pollard's fine. Pollard's OK. And the other thing I will say is part of it is drafting today. I still have like this not in my stomach that they either bring back Zeke or they bring in Fournette or they do something to screw this up. And all Cooked of a sudden, Dalvin like, or just something. like the, just, the entire yeah, fantasy industry is crying about Tony Pollard and everything like that. So uh, that's where I go with it. I think that if you told me today, week one, he's 100% healthy, no issues, all the doctors clear him, and they didn't bring anybody else, and it's just Deuce Vaughn and Malik Davis, I'd be like, top 10, I feel good about it. I feel great about it. But as of today, that's the one that I'm shakiest about. I agree with that, and I want... Pollard to be the guy like I've, I've really like, I've been in multiple mock situations by the way where I've been in that spot where like everyone's kind of gone and I'm like ah oh, crap you know I, well Pollard's upside is so high but there does it does feel like you know the feeling where someone's watching you like that's how Pollard is when you draft him you're like looking around you're like what like is someone there Brandon do you feel any different do you feel it's him or, do, or is no. there somebody is it Jacob <laughs> that was my that was my answer <laughs> that was exactly my answer I just don't feel like and Jake touched on it the biggest thing for me is I just don't think they're going into the season with Ronald Jones and or Deuce Vaughn, these guys as the backup. I, I think it's either bringing back uh, Zeke or it is a Leonard Fournette. It's somebody that's sitting out there, and they're going to bring that in. And and like you're paying the expectant price, and he's like ECR nine. Man, I just feel like he's so buzzy that he's often going to be ECR or be like RB seven in drafts. You know, like I would much rather take, you know, ECR twelve RB in like. Ramondre and and just feel like I have the potential to get the same numbers but at a cheaper price there and yeah and we gotta we can't forget he's coming off I mean it's a broken leg those are a lot easier to heal than like an ACL and stuff like that but he's coming off a pretty big injury so there is there is that as well okay I got a couple uh, we want to get to wider series a couple running I want to do quick hitters so I'm going to throw a guy to each of you with just a couple off-season things I've noticed you mentioned him I'm gonna start with you on this Brandon because I feel like Jake has talked about him is it, are you uncomfortable at all with Brees Hall's ADP based off of coming off of the injury? And how I love Brees Hall. I wish I was getting a bigger discount. Is there any uh, uncomfortableness of Brees Hall being an RB one because he is ECR eleven at RB and half PPR? It's a, it's a pretty big it's a pretty big injury. Our the Athletic Jets writer just came out recently and said there there is a potential that they could go the J.K. Dobbins route with him coming back, where you're seeing an an eased in. Brees Hall for the first half of the season, and then they turn him loose once things are looking good, or that you know, in in the worst case scenario for Brees Hall, that they you know entertain the idea of bringing in Dalvin Cook. So that's kind of suddenly out there. Yeah, I'm a little bit concerned because of of such a big injury. So 
I, honestly, I mean, I, I'm kind of ranking him at fairly bullishly, but in an actual draft, I think I try to figure out a way to make myself feel good about going a different direction when I'm sitting with, a, you know, the, the opportunity yeah. to take Hall and maybe go, well, this guy is basically on the same level. I'm going to go the other direction. Jake, one of the biggest Twitter arguments I saw so far this offseason has been about Travis Etienne and what his value is actually going to look like. Bigsby is out there. People really talking off the, the Travis Etienne side. He's 13 ECR PPR, a half PPR. What say you on Etienne? I'm with, first of all, I'm with him on Hall. I think they could do the Barkley route too, where he's not 100% until October, which puts in a tier below. I would take Dobbins before him, as Funston brought up, and you've brought up. So uh, I'm the same with ETN. I would take Dobbins before both, uh, mostly because I don't dislike ETN. Uh, but what you saw last year is somebody who did a ton with what he was given, which is impressive, but still only had him check in 15th. And it becomes a big passing game. Maybe they get him more involved than that, which they should. It's kind of weird that they're not. But the Tank Bigsby thing makes me concerned, and this could be, and this is the comparison I keep bringing up, is I feel like this might be the Packers backfield now, where Aaron Jones is Travis Etienne, mm-hmm. A.J. Dillon is Tank Bigsby. That means a split workload. What does A.J. Dillon do a lot of times is get some of the short yardage, although Aaron Jones has been very good at converting his touchdowns inside the red zone himself. But Etienne's not really been strong at that himself. So if he's already not strong at that, and then you start splitting those touches, and then you bring in Calvin Ridley more to the passing game where you don't even need to lean on ETN as much. That's my concern. I'm not as crazy as some. Like, I have seen some people out there going, oh, ETN's going to be an RB3. Like, I'm not going that yeah. crazy. I think I think right now the Aaron Jones comparison is where I would put him, and that's the tier I have him in. Is That's a mid to high RB2, but I think that's where it deserves to be. There's some people still have him as RB1, and I won't do that. Brandon, really interesting one. It jumps out in half PPR on the ECR. Jameer Gibbs, 17 Jumping right into it, are you with Jameer Gibbs as a middle round RB two? You know, it's look at we last year we had Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, and if now Jameer Gibbs is DeAndre Swift, and this year David Montgomery is Jamal Williams, and that's the problem, right? Like Jameer Gibbs has, if he's not working in at the goal line at all, it's a major, it's a major issue. So I, I, I do like Jameer Gibbs, but. You know he's gonna have to gonna have to overcome any kind of headwinds that DeAndre Swift was dealing with when he was there, and that's that's just my hesitation with that. I would, you know, this is one where I'm gonna feel a lot better about how I'm picking these Lions running backs come late August. Yeah, you know, but um, I but they did I like they did give us the blueprint to your point. They gave us the blueprint of what they like to do, and they just got new pieces to fill in those right. spots. So. Yeah, and <laughs> so right now, if that's if that's what we're assuming, then yeah, Jameer Gibbs is a little bit overrated. Yeah, there's so many running backs we talk about. Last running back I want to throw out here, and it has to be this man. I think he knows where I'm going. Number 21 on me. the ECR, Cam Akers. Cam Akers <laughs> is back on the list, RB2. But he finished kind of strong. Are you going to throw this to Jake? Is he a trusted voice on Cam Akers? We are going straight to Jake. <laughs> Jake, what, what have you on Cam Akers as an RB2? Hell yeah, I was victory in lapping those con, you know con- consolation <laughs> brackets that everybody was winning last year. That was good times. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't even at the consolation brackets because the people in the consolation brackets probably dropped them for the people in the championship games who picked them up off waivers for nothing. So there you go. <laughs> I, you know, by the way, have you seen his picture? We're, we're the A.J. Dillon territory for his upper body. Cam Akers is now... Actually, it's kind of like the Bellinger picture that was floated around. Cam Akers is now shredded from the top half. Are you saying so best shape of his life? Best shape ever. BSOL, man. Wow. Uh, <laughs> this is, look, for all jokes aside, the Rams did what they did last year. They drafted a late-round flyer of a running back that has been talked up by McVay. 
What a shock. He did the same thing with Kyron Williams. Why I say what a shock is like the biggest thing is the shock was what Cam Akers did at the end of last year because McVay seemed done with him. He tried to get him off this team. Like, they were done. They're like, get Cam Akers the hell away from us. And then he comes back and he's the Cam Akers we hoped. It was just too little too late. I think this is a fair range. Knowing what happened last year, but we know Stafford's healthy. We know this team should be back on track more this year. Cam Akers should be on track from week one, which gives all what a lot of these guys in this range have. Would it be a shock if he finished top 10? No. And I mean top, like low end top 10. It wouldn't be a shock, but we're going to bet on it. No, but it would also be a shock if he finished RB 50. No, he has that range of outcomes because he's Cam Akers. So in the same tier for me as a not knowing where Dalvin Cook's going to go, Isaiah Pacheco, Rashad White, like what's going on there. Like, I think that's where he deserves to be. And that's fair as a low end RB too. I think it's fair this year. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Can we can we talk really quickly about Rashad White? What is going on there? Because I right now I see him as a three down running back on a team where they, they caught fifty balls as a rookie, and the guy in front of him caught seventy three, and he's gone. I like I may or may have not put him as a sleeper RB in the Athletic coming uh, magazine that maybe or maybe makes issue. it not. I like he, he's tough. If you want to talk tough. about it, go, go. Are you are you trying to boost him up, Boston? Because I'll talk while I'm having well. This low. I'm. I, Quote unquote. I'm a 22. I will say that, yeah, I have him at 21. You guys okay, both have him over ECR. I just want to point out ECR. Yeah, 24. He is 24, yeah. And you can say, oh, yeah, well, Tom Brady is one of the greatest all time at actually throwing to running backs in the, you know, the passing game. But Baker Mayfield, for his first three years, he was pretty good at it as well. I mean, they were at least above average in the league, not at the level of Tom Brady, but that doesn't go away. He can, he can check down. And if they don't change that offense significantly, then I think Rashad White start looking at 60, 70 catches as a reasonable upside. The problem so, you have, just throwing in it real quick, is like 
I love Rashad. I love Rashad White. He's someone I'm trying to make a bet on. We talked about Pollard. There's just a handful of guys that there's just landmines around them. And it's those landmines are Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook. It's like, where do these guys, what place do these guys go and destruct the offensive backfield or the upside of some of these other players? Some could be minimal. Dalvin Cook going to Tampa Bay would be, or Elliott would be like massively destructive to Rashad White's value. So there's a, so he is scary like Pollard, just at a cheaper value. And if no one does come in, I'm going to be really high end. Jake, was there anything else on uh, Rashad? Yes. It's what my, if I want to push back against it, like I said, I am a 22, so we're not that far off, but why I won't push him higher. And what my concerns are is not even that they bring somebody else in is that this is probably one of the worst teams in the NFL. Probably I could be wrong. And you said, if they don't change anything, Boston, well, I think part of the problem is they can't then didn't really because they did what they could, which wasn't a lot, but they can't change that offensive line, which had major issues last year. And that's my concern. You go from Brady to Baker or even Kyle Trask. What's the offense? Is this going to be a bottom five, bottom 10 offense? Because what that comes down to and what that equates to is running backs, even with volume and bottom five, bottom 10 offenses don't finish as RB ones. It just rarely happens. Uh, Saquon Barkley is a perfect example of how it hasn't happened when he was playing on this team just two years ago, three years ago with this offense being terrible on a points per game basis. So that's what I look at. That's why I think it's a fair ranking. Um, if you told me, Funston, like for the positive side, let's talk about him. He finished top 15. It would shock me. I just think he's got tough road in front of him as in the team, not himself in that backfield. Because what's his backup? Chase Edmonds and Keyshawn Vaughn? Pfft, whatever. Yeah, and there's there's so much more on the running backs to get to, of course. There's the Dalvin Cook being a free agent. There's a litany of other interesting ones. Swift moving spots. You've got injuries and guys like Javante Smith. James well, do you want to hit Madison? Been another one. Uh, you, you can hit Madison real quick. You didn't have him in the sheet, but like I mean, we could talk about it because... There's it's similar to what we we're talking about earlier with Jameer Gibbs. I feel like there's wider range of opinions on Madison right now. I'll like if they don't first. bring somebody in, he like, could go into the probably teens of running backs. Do you have him that high, Foster? Where do you have Madison, by the way, after the Dalvin Cook release? Let me look really quickly. Because <laughs> he um, is, by the way, while you're looking, 28 on ECR. Yeah, I don't think the arrow has been continuously moving up. Yeah, yeah, 100. percent I have, I have him 23 right now. So that's I I am that's obviously it's fluid and I just I kind of have him ranked right where Dalvin Cook is like I want I want to see I don't think he is going to be a a true bell cow I think no matter what there is a somewhat of a platoon he and I expect him to be the leader of it but if they don't, don't bring anybody in like would you rather have Madison or J.K. Dobbins J.K. Dobbins by mile I'd rather. I'd rather have Dobbins. Okay. All right. Just, make, I'm just making sure. I have this as in, like, this is their backfield. I don't think they're doing anything. I think their backfield is now Madison, Ty Chandler, and uh, the rookie um, McBride. Oh, McBride. So, so where do yeah. you, well, Jake, where do you have Madison? I'm in the same tier. I have Madison alongside Cam Akers and Rashad White because I oh, do okay. believe, not to go back to the same argument I just made earlier, but I think he's the Aaron Jones of the Vikings. Like, I think McBride is actually the one that complements him more because McBride, McBride is between the tackles, pounder, like has that power. Uh, actually very similar to A.J. Dillon, maybe not quite the passing chops of A.J. Dillon, which A.J. Dillon's a better receiver than people realize. But I think Madison, like Funston said, I think this is going to be a split. I think it could be very much like a 60-40 where Ty Chandler's the backup if something happens to Madison. Although if Chandler was mixed in more than that, I wouldn't be shocked. But I think this is point being, I don't think Madison necessarily gets past 60% of the workload on the backfield. 
And maybe that's an episode we do here soon too, is we highlight where some of the early values are looking like right now where ranks haven't caught up. And that's something we could do. Guys like Madison would probably be in that. Let's go over to wide receivers. Uh, one of the conversations we had a couple shows back, which is only a couple shows back, but it was like months and months and months back was, yeah, it feels like forever ago. I wasn't uh, Jake, Jake was single. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were talking about what that top tier of wide receiver looks like. And there was a lot of pushback about like where Cooper cup goes and Jefferson and chase and ECR has got tier one, not just Jefferson, even though Jefferson has kind of been like the guy you've got chase, you've got Cooper cup in at three and Tyreek Hill at four. So Brandon, I remember, I wanted to say it was you that were pushing on the Cooper cup train, uh, some time back. So what say you on this tier one and what this looks like? Both of Maybe us. Maybe it was the opposite. Don't, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Cooper cup, he didn't have a major injury. They, the Rams were bad and they, you know, and so I think they just let him check out. I mean, he's going to be coming back fully healthy. He's not that old yet. And what we saw before he left, when he checked out through nine games, he was number one among wide receivers in fantasy points per game in half PPR. By a gap. I expect anything to change. By two, almost two yeah, points per game. A, <laughs> so, so Cooper Cup is the value potential number one overall wide receiver that you can get a few, you know, you can get in the middle of the first round. Uh, you know, and I, I would probably take Justin Jefferson number one overall. He hasn't missed a game, I don't believe. He's got incredible consistency in, early in his career. I think he deserves that. But I... You know, if I'm sitting in the middle of the rounds, I'd be happy to take Cooper Cup thinking, you know what? I just got basically Justin Jefferson value in the middle of the first round instead of the number one overall. His pick. ECR overall was eight. So uh, why I did that was uh, I just in my brain, it was Brandon was pushing Cup a little bit more. But Jake, you were also pushing Jamar Chase and Jamar. I feel like and maybe I'm just forgetting all of it in that. <laughs> again, people were kind of like forgetting about some of that value. And he has jumped in it, too. Um, but does Hill for you guys belong in the exact same tier. They put him in as a tier one, as far as a consensus rank goes. But I mean, is Hill really an argument between chase Jefferson and cup where, where Waddle has more affirmatively jumped in as like a top wide receiver as well. He's like 11 or 10 on the ECR. So is there any other tier one thoughts? Uh, yeah, so my entire tier one, I, I probably need to break this out because, I, well, I didn't because of what Funston said. I, you're, you're right. in Jefferson, like I would tell, take Jefferson over cup, uh, and he's safer, younger, uh, less likely to have a, an enormous disappointment. But because Cup can still finish number one, that's why I put him in the same tier. So my tier one is five guys. It's Jefferson, Hill, Chase, Cup, and Devontae Adams. I think Devontae Adams is getting too much hate, um, no matter who the quarterback is, if Garoppolo is healthy or not, whatever it is. Um, maybe if it's not Garoppolo and it's a big drop-off from there, then we start having a conversation. But yeah, I actually put Hill initially at two and then Cup at three. Um, even though Chase was higher in points per game, I think Hill's success from last year is more sustainable. And also you looked at what he did with a broken Tua for half the season and without Tua at times and still what he was able to do in that offense. And I don't think that's changing where, again, I go to the Bengals of just, I love Chase. People know I had arguments on, on the athletic football show that year when I was talking with uh, with them about Jamar Chase, and they were a little bit more down than I was. And I'm like, no, this is a, an elite talent, and we had that discussion that year. Um, but what I think the difference is is if you flip-flop them, if you put Chase on the Dolphins and Hill on the Bengals, I'd actually have Chase in the conversation for number one. It just comes down to the Bengals have more options. Like Joe Burrow doesn't have to go to Chase all the time. With T. Higgins is probably – if not the best number two in the NFL, he's up there in the conversation. Tyler Boyd 
at bringing an option again at tight end. That's better than anything they've had. And you still have the backfield of Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan, or not Samaj P. Ryan, sorry, now Chris Evans. But Joe Mixon hasn't gone anywhere yet. He's still there. And so I look at this and I say, you know what? It's just the fact that it's hill, 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 almost 30% of the time. You know, Burrow's just going to spread it around a little bit more. There's also a bigger... Could you make, really quickly, Jake, could you make the case of going Jefferson, Hill, Chase, and Cup one through four before you even think about taking a running back? Mm, I wouldn't Mm. because Christian McCaffrey just has to be in that conversation for me. And then Austin Eckler because they didn't do anything. Austin, Austin Eckler is still in the fact that he's back. So I, if I'm drafting myself and I have picks one and two, it's... Chris McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, and then at three, that's where. So now, if you to answer your question differently, I could go McCaffrey, Eckler, and then Jefferson Hill, Cup, Chase, two through six, and then come back around to running back. You don't feel like there would be any of that like FOMO of running backs. I mean, I know some people don't have it as much as others. I tend to want to get out of first rounds with running backs and stuff like that. Like on the overall, I saw Cup was right above Chubb. And we were talking about Chubb. Do you you don't think based on the value, or do you think the the how the value of running back looks right now, you will have less FOMO of taking a wide receiver in the first that you can get a solid running back in the second and feel good about your roster? I think right now, I that think it's the same. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's right now if you're drafting, and the fact that the past few years have started to push up the value of wide receivers, and people are drafting more wide receivers in the first two rounds than ever before, including the first round. Kelsey's going to go in the first round. So yep. you, you look at you mentioned our magazine draft. If you look at it, you're going to see the running backs littered in the second round. And I'm sitting there at the turn because I have to make the first pick of the second round. I'm watching the running backs go in the second round. I'm like, God, that's not fair. That's not fair that you got him in the middle of the second round. No. I know. Like so, so I think come August it might be a little different because we might have an injury or two. Um, some people might get back into what you said. The FOMO might start to push the draft community back up a little bit more. Running backs come, but you know you see. Chubb and Stevenson and Henry around the turn of the first. I mean, you're not even talking about the Ken Walkers and Brees Halls and Najee Harris's of the world that go into the middle to late second round. So, no, I'll, I'll take a wide receiver as early as three this year. Brandon, you feel the same? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I was going to say, Stevenson's a guy that's going RB 10 to 12. If you can get one of those top five, Jake mentioned, wide receivers, and Stevenson ends up being your number one running back. Sign me up for that 100 times out of 100. <laughs> yeah. The so the like the second third tiers are some interesting guys. Uh, obviously, like you know Diggs and Lamb, and we talked about Adams Brown is in there. The tier three of ours ECR. We've already kind of talked about Garrett Wilson, so I guess I won't push it because I thought he was one of the most fascinating. But you've also got two other names that have jumped up as far as value goes: Chris Olave and Devonta Smith have both moved in as top 15 wide receivers above the likes of Keenan Allen, above Debo Samuel, and quite a few other names. Do Olave and Devontae both hit for you, Brandon, as top 15 wide receivers? I'm quickly looking. Olave 12, Devontae 14. So the answer to that is (laughs) yes. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's so much... For a defense to think about with the Eagles, and you know Jalen Hurts has gotten better as a passer, but like they, they have the ball a lot, they can hurt you so many different ways. For somebody with Devonte Smith skill, I just don't think that that's something that he showed last year that's not going to go away. And Olave is just simply paired with a much better quarterback. Has you know had to be the guy for a little while, proved as a rookie in a pretty ugly 
Saints situation to look really good, and now you think, okay, this should be at least a lot more competent with Derek Carr back there at quarterback. So, yeah, I don't have a problem putting Alave at number 12 either. Interesting, too, there are three wide receivers in the top 15 that are the second wide receiver for their team, and that is Waddle, that is Smith, and that is T. Higgins. Those are, you know, so there's three teams that represent two wide receivers in the top 15. Uh, for time's sake here... I- yeah, I think DK should be should be in the top fifteen. Mm. Although he would be the he would be the first. So yeah, well, yeah, he no, is actually anyways. fifteen on that. Well, then let's let's do that before we get out of here, especially because that's Faustin. Sorry to like command, like take yeah. over. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm on the now. Granted, I have Metcalf at like seventeen, sixteen, somewhere around there. But like, I have a very, 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 very small tier three. A lot you brought up too. Uh, Alave, Wilson, Smith, Cooper, and I think that's it. I think Metcalf and Lockett should be going back-to-back. The gap should not be as big as it is. Uh, Jake, Jackson Smith and Jigba, I know everybody's talking about this, but Funston knows like he's a rookie. He's the number three. Like He's great, but I don't think he's taken away from either one of them. I think he just gives them a Tyler Boyd situation similar to the Cincinnati Bengals. And if you want to talk about future years, okay. But Tyler Lockett again finished in front of DK Metcalf last year. And yet, if you look at underdog and all the best balls right now, the draft order is going decaf, DK Metcalf, rounds and rounds and rounds, like two, three rounds, and then Metcalf comes off the board, and then Jackson Smith and Jigba shortly behind him. I think you've just seen Smith and Jigba go in front of Lockett. This isn't so much the argument about Metcalf. I have him as top 20. I just don't get the gap being as big. Like To give you an idea, consensus-wise, I'm 10 over on Lockett because I have him at wide receiver 20. What is the issue here, Funston? Sorry, to answer, like I took well, over so there. So here's the deal. I'll, I'll explain why I think Metcalf. What I like about Metcalf. First of all, Gio Smith was a number one rated, number one rated deep passer last year, and I think uh, JSN's skills are more duplicative of Tyler Lockett. I just don't think that a defense now is going to be able to comfortably roll a safety over the top of DK. I think they'll kill him over the middle. JSN is getting so much hype by the local reporters about how good he's looking and how natural and great. And what it, what, but I think what he does is a little bit more Tyler Lockett than it is DK. So I think DK wins out here because I, I think the defense are going to have to put more attention into the passing game, the other options, and not and not be able to just overload on you know worrying about DK hurting us deep over the top. Yeah, there again the ranks. Uh, there's so much to talk about, even on the tight end. Just throwing out real quick, uh, you've got Kelsey Andrews. Hawkinson has moved in as a consensus number three. Uh, Darren Waller in his new destination up at number seven. You've also got the back end of tight end is a little bit more fascinating than previous years. Maybe Dalton Schultz going over to Houston is in the top uh, 12. You've got a Conquo and you've got Komet who's outside that top 12. So it is a, maybe a bigger depthier type of tight end list, but the top end has got some new faces. Yeah. Those are my my fake words in there. Exactly. So there, there's a lot to get through. There's a lot to talk about, which we will do right here on the athletic fantasy football podcast. Uh, not quite weekly, but hopefully soon with all of the ranks. And uh, I don't know, I'm trying to push you guys to do a little mock draft, see if I can get you guys mock draft. And you also can look out for uh, the Athletic Fantasy Football Magazine coming out. When is that coming out, Brandon? Uh, it should be mid-July. So I believe that's the uh, slated time. Okay, so coming up in the near future. Jake, anything else to plug or what is going on? We talked about the uh, projections, the customizable projections the, that are the on the site. One. Yeah, that's the big that's one because you can sit here and like this entire conversation we're having. You're like, no, I disagree. I think Tyler Lockett's going to get 
all the share and Metcalf's not, or I think Jake is dumb. Bijan Robinson's going to catch 60 balls. Well, you can go in there and play with every single team and then it re-ranks the points and projections for you and you can see where they would rank and you can create your, basically your own rankings, create your own projections and rankings. That's what the sheet's for. Pretty sweet. So make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast so you're hanging around for all the episodes. You can find these guys on Twitter at AllInKid, Brandon Funson, and myself at IsItTheWelsh. Until next time, we'll talk to you on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Bye-bye, friends.